Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. And once again, it is just Justin and Paul today. Yeah, how's it going, Paul? Not too bad, Justin. How's it going with you? <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. I'm uh, still doing my thing. I'm in the, that Veterans Writing Group, uh, mm. the WGF class, and it's pretty awesome. I finished up Respectability a few couple weeks ago, and I'm doing a lot of this ghostwriting stuff on Fiverr, so... having fun yeah it's pretty cool i have uh, actually started uh the process uh probably like about a year and a half ago i wrote a short script that i really would like to try and make myself and i connected with a couple of uh filmmakers here in the bay area and uh, they're gonna you know i've got to you know pitch it to the rest of the community and some of them are helping me put the pitch together so i'm pretty excited about that and i've also connected with uh uh, one director and one actor about uh, doing shorts with them too. So you know, you know the 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 short writing script uh, machine is churning out some products. So that's kind of nice. Awesome, good stuff. All right. So uh, I imagine we have a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, uh, reading or watching anything? I'm trying to think of what I've watched. Uh, I'm still working my way through it. I'm watching Ford. V- I'm not sure if it was Ford versus Ferrari or Ford v Ferrari. Yeah, good uh, movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I like it a lot, but I'm not sure if it's best picture uh, nomination worthy. I mean, I, that maybe they just were like because I know they want to have like up to ten nominees, but I thought I think it's good. I've only got like a you know 45 minutes or so left. I had to cut it short. Um. I like it, but again, I don't know if it's like that solid a picture, or at least it, it, you know it's worthy to be a best picture nominee. No, you know, no slight events, you know, James Mangold or all the, the people who are involved. I just, you know, it just didn't seem like a best picture kind of picture to me. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I liked that movie a lot. I don't remember if I thought it was best picture or not, but I definitely mm-hmm. thought it uh, kept me entertained and did a. I mean, it actually impressed me more than I thought it would. I think I waited a few months, like six months to watch it because i was like eh, racing whatever but uh <laughs> yeah it's pretty good pretty cool yeah, well part, part of the reason i'm watching it is my wife was out of town and when i told her that you know because i've had it in the netflix queue for quite a while and you know she was going out of town and i thought this is the opportunity because i knew she had no interest whatsoever in seeing it so i just thought you know what perfect opportunity so <laughs> there you go awesome good stuff um i am thinking do you know that i was just looking at our episodes and we have a couple that we haven't so we did a few that are like in the can that are just you and I talking, but I've been trying to release guest speakers usually before those. Mm-hmm. And we have some of the old ones from like, one is even from April, I think. Oh man! <laughs> so we got a little backlog there. And when people hear that one, just a warning, you know, some of them recorded a while ago, apparently. <laughs> well, maybe, a better job may, of that. maybe when we post them online, you can kind of put like, you know, hey, here's one from the archives. And it's, you know, it's from April or it's from June, sure. that sort of sure, thing. Sure. <laughs> so my reading i don't want to name the book because you'll see why in a second and uh, not that okay. it's horrible or anything but um so we had sent a middle grade book to an agent one that i'm very excited about we meaning me and my buddy who co-wrote a middle grade book together okay uh it's a lot of fun it's based off his idea uh when it comes out i'll tell you all what it is because it's you'll see it's, it's amazing and <laughs> but anyway he passed i think on it asterisk i'm kind of confused if it was a complete pass or just uh can you revise and send it back um, but then he included a note from his assistant of what she felt of it. And he was like, I don't totally agree with all of this, but uh, here's some thoughts, some stuff to think about. Take it if you want it. Um, and, and one of them it was recommending this other book. 
and saying, let's get a little more emotion in this one, like this other book. And so I went and I listened to this one. And it's one of these, I'll just say it, it's one of these Percy Jackson, mm. select, Rick Riordan selects ones, you know, it's not Percy sure. Jackson, but it's uh, Rick Riordan recommends or whatever they call it. And um, I'm a big fan of Percy Jackson. I like those books. But when I was listening to this audiobook that she recommended, uh, it felt very, some female listeners are going to hate me for saying this in this way, but it felt very girly. Like it was just like emotion galore. And I'm like, oh my God. I wouldn't want to write that or read that, uh, but I want, so my, my wondering is like, you know, is that, it sounded like she was a female based on how we referred to her. And I'm wondering if that's just like a female reader thing. And then because more mm-hmm. girls read at that age than boys, that's a middle grade thing also that's you're going to have to adapt to. I don't know the answer to that, but it was, it raised some questions in my head, you know, cause I love writing middle grade and I love reading a lot of middle grade. Uh, but the most of the middle grade I read doesn't feel so emotional as that one. Uh, so I'm not really sure where they were coming from on that. Like some favorites of mine are uh, Neil Patrick Harris has a magic one. That's uh, I think it's called the magic misfit society or something like that. Not familiar with that one. Yeah. Man, for people who don't know, of course, uh, it's just called the magic misfits. Um, Neil Patrick Harris was, you know, he's an actor, Doogie Hauser slash how I met your mother slash a lot of other great ones Right. and magic misfits he co-wrote it so i don't know if that means he had a ghostwriter and he just put his name on there with him or how he did that exactly well but, he's uh, a pretty he's a pretty productive guy i wouldn't be surprised if he actually yeah. did have a hand in writing it. and he's funny and he has personality and you can see uh-huh. that in this book that it very much has like the fun kind of wit that you would imagine from neil patrick harris writing the book so so when you say you okay i want to go back one to one thing so you said it was kind of girly so it's a kind of like like twilight level girliness but like at a middle middle school level you know, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I, so I tried to read Twilight back in the day. I'm not one to like judge books before I read them. And, you know, so I heard like people like, eh, Twilight's stupid. And then all these other people, Twilight's the most amazing thing ever. And uh, so I was very much like, oh, I'll check this out. I love books. And usually I love, actually, I will say that I usually do love, like, I love female protagonists and I love a lot of books that are for women, I guess, if you could say that. <laughs> I don't know if they're really ever for one gender or the other, but, you know, they, you can feel that they're written more that way. Um, and usually I do love them. Uh, so that's confusing, but yeah, Twilight just hit me all wrong when I tried to read that book. I think I was, I read the whole thing, but within like the first 10 pages, I was like, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So similarly. Yeah. There are books like that, you know, especially books that, you know, are published and sell well, and then you read them and then the writing is just really bad. And you're kind of like, well, okay, they must have liked something about this because <laughs> it's definitely not the way it's written. Maybe it's, a, you know, it's the content rather than the delivery. Yeah. Uh, Paul and Justin talk about why Twilight is not our thing for an hour. <laughs> well, I, I, that would be a short conversation on my end. I have not read them and nor do I have any great desire to read them. Yeah. Well, I think it's, everything's worth reading once, you know, like, yeah. uh, I think the i was reading actually i remember at the time i was in a writer's group in san francisco and one of the other uh book people had written a book that was quite similar to twilight like so many similarities and now i kind of merged the two in my head and can't remember which was which mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but that's fun um so anyway <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's worth reading i think i was going to say like if the story was written by somebody else in a totally different style like the story in itself might not be so bad. It's just like, yeah, it focuses too much on those little details that we don't care about, you know, like mm-hmm. the little emotional things. And um, as an author, people, it was, well, here's the funny thing though. I'll, I'll talk about every once in a while, we should go back and look at our old writing and uh, 
think about who we are as a writer and if we've changed enough or not grown enough um so i was reading one of my old audiobooks and i have seen this critique on some of my writing from time to time that i'm too fast-paced and that i don't slow down enough and some of my books i've listened to in audio because then it feels like it's a different writer it's not like really you if you're listening to if somebody else read it <laughs> and i'm just like yes this is amazing uh but on this one specific book that i won't name because i don't want to uh i was listening to it and i was like oh my god i totally know what they mean this is an exact example of that feedback uh and it's so it's kind of it's kind of cool that every once in a while be like hmm those people are right and then try to think why like maybe i was in some kind of certain mindset when I was writing that book or something. Mm. Uh, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I'll just add in there real quick <laughs> that one thing I've done this week is I got back into dictation a little bit uh, because we have a fancy new computer now. And I realized that when I'm doing dictation, uh, I actually slow down a lot more because I'm sitting there and like thinking my writing is way faster because uh -huh. I'm, as you can tell, I speak quite quickly. Uh, but when I'm doing it that way and having to talk, I have to think about my words more, which actually forces me to slow down and think about the setting more and think about all those things that you want and the details more. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, actually, you know, you mentioning, um, you know, you went back and listened to some of your, your earlier work. I was talking with another writer this week and because uh, we were talking about, you know, a lot of writers because we're really talking about new writers. And I said a lot of new writers, they don't know what they don't know. And so, you know, they'll write something and, you know, hopefully they'll be able to look back at it after they're done and realize, okay, this, you know, this doesn't work. They'll get feedback on it and be able to fix, you know, gradually fix all the things that are not right. And then like, if you, you know, keep doing that over and over again, and then a couple of years later, you go back and you look at, you know, one of your earliest works and you look at it and you, and you can't help but think, oh my God, I was awful. You know, how did like, <laughs> what, what made me think that, you know, I could even get this done. And like, that's, you know, it's just part of the process. I mean, when we start out, we don't know, you know, what we're supposed to do or what we're not supposed to do. So we just do it and then we learn. And then you go back and you realize, okay, this is what I did wrong. And, you know, hopefully <laughs> by the time you get to that point, you realize, okay, I don't do this anymore. And this, this was totally wrong. What the hell was I thinking with this kind of thing? And I think that it's just a part of the process. And then some writers, I know, uh, especially as they work their way through or they, you know, as they develop their craft, that some of them are a little reluctant to admit that you know, they were that bad in the beginning, but you know, it's just something that everybody has to go through. Yeah. <laughs> I am funny that way where I look back and think, wow, I was amazing. How come I devolved as I did? <laughs> <laughs> well, I could say I'm not. I look back and I think, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> and yeah. I'm so glad that I was able to get better. Well, what I do see is that uh, for example, and one, I, we actually went back and looked at some feedback somebody had given me when I was first starting off. And then I thought about that script more and I, was, I could see what they mean. And then I see that I very much uh, didn't have like the, the Shane Black style of writing at all. Like I'm not saying I do now, but I'm more terse and more like, mm. punchy and all that stuff right. and quippy from time to time versus back then it was somewhere between a novel and a screenplay almost. But oh, yeah. Not, not as much, but definitely, yeah, to the point where I could see why if somebody opened the screenplay, they wouldn't be like, oh, I got to buy this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember the like the when I started with a writing group, uh, you know, I had a I think I had like one one feature and one short script to my name. And I'd only done like two drafts of the feature. And I like they, they asked to, you know, to read pages. So I gave them the whole script. And the woman who ran the group, she said, OK, I'll you know make some notes and I'll get back to you. And, I, and of course, you know, I'm 
was immediately thinking, oh, she's going to love it. You know, she's going to say, this is great. You know, you're, you're so talented, et cetera, et cetera. And you know how, you know, like when you make edits or, you know, make notes on the page, you know, like you'll use a red pen. I mean, it's what I do. It just, you know, makes it easier to see. Got the script back. There was a lot more red on pretty much every page than white. <laughs> it just yeah. crushed me. And I thought, oh my God, I'm awful. I'm terrible. You know, this, what was I thinking? And then I you know, just went through it and was reading the notes and thought, oh, okay, I see. I get, oh, I understand that. Oh, okay. So that's, you're not supposed to do that. And so, you know, you know, it, it hurts the ego, but you know, it helps you develop your skills and it's just, you know, it's what every writer has to go through. Yeah. The good old days. Um, <laughs> so by the way, I just wanted to hit on this dictation thing again, since I mentioned Please. it, um, I've talked about it before, but, uh, I actually ordered a new mic today too, because I want to test some stuff. So maybe I'll have some updates on that. But, but on the topic of why I said I have this fancy new computer, and that's why I'm trying it again. Uh, so yeah, we bought this crazy computer for for uh, crypto mining, and I also had the dual purpose of trying to learn uh, editing at the time for film, mm -hmm. and my current computer wasn't good enough, and so that was how I justified buying that fancy one. And now I'm trying dictation on it, and it's such a different game compared to when i was trying to do dictation on my uh surface six or whatever i have uh it's it's i don't know if it's if that's why or if i just got better or something <laughs> but i imagine it's the computer and it's making a, a total difference it's just like uh almost all the words i say come out just right how they're supposed to on the screen is, uh, is it a yeah. is it a something that you had to buy like a dictation program you had to buy or is it an app that you, yeah. you were able to just get for free no, same one I've been using for a while before too, even when I wasn't that impressed with it, which is Dragon Dictate okay. um, by Nuance. And it's kind of like the one that everybody says is the way to go. It supposedly learns from you and everything. Mm -hmm. So you call train my dragon, you, you know, you're training your dragon when right, you right. Yeah, spend like a week or two getting it ready. Um, anyway, so it's pretty awesome. But, uh, but now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to ride my exercise bike while I do it, which is cool. Uh, and I even have like a little gooseneck arm thing that I could put the mic on and get closer to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's why I'm trying the headset, the fancier headset today uh, or tonight when it arrives, because uh, then it's like right there in your face, you know, like with the current mic, I have like a blue Yeti, which is one of those regular stand mics. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I'll have updates, but I, I think it's going great. Like I said, it's making me slow down a little bit on the pro stuff and really think more about descriptions and whatnot. And um, one thing I noticed is I didn't do enough of the, what I think of as the Harry Potter thing, which is she always spends more time than I would like uh, reminding us where we are in the book, in each book. <laughs> so like when book two comes up, there's like a few pages or a chapter or two that's always like about reminding you what's going on. And uh, I always felt like it was too much when I was reading those, but I know that some readers get lost or just haven't read, you know, maybe they, maybe they read 10 books in between. Mm -hmm. uh, so I need to get better at, at doing some of that stuff. Um, not sure how that relates to the video game screenwriting world, but on the fiction side, there you guys go. <laughs> I'm trying to think because I haven't read the Harry Potter. So you're talking about the actual books, not the audio books for Harry Potter. Well, either way, yeah. I mean, okay, just because I because I don't really remember. You know, it's also it's been a while since I've actually read them, so I don't remember anything about like you know a little like what like a recap type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to find an example and we can do a live reading on the show if they let us. I don't know how that works. Well, you can just say, <laughs> you can, you also don't have to read the actual content. You can just say, you know, like, uh, you know, Order of the Phoenix, chapter four, <laughs> the first, you know, first you yeah. know, page and a half. I think an example that comes to mind is when he's sitting there with the broken mirror shard and under the covers or something, reading with a light, or I don't remember what exactly, but there was some parts in there where it was just like, oh my God, okay, let's get to the story. Let's get to the story. 
Okay. I'll take uh, your word for it. I, I really do not remember any of that. I'm sure. That's why I write how I do is because I'm very impatient with books. Like okay. I want to get to the meat. And if they're like, and then I stared at the wall and thought about why my big toe is so long. And like, who cares? <laughs> get to the damn story. But I, I get there setting up personalities and all that character traits and all that. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I've seen that in the screenplays because I've read for contests and, you know, and also just when people ask me to read that a lot of times they, uh, I don't know what they just kind of, uh, you know, what dilly dally, you know, they just kind of yeah. like, you know, they just put stuff on the page. I don't know. So just to have it on the page and it's just kind of like, yeah, I, you know, what does this have to do with the story? You know, it's just that there's more detail in here or there's more writing on the page than is necessary. And, you know, maybe that's just the way, because I think some writers that when they start out writing screenplays that they're still stuck in prose mode. And so you'll see a lot of uh, screenplays that, it's almost like they took the content out of a book and just put it on the page for yeah. a script. And, you know, and, <laughs> and there's, you know, too much information and just, you know, stuff that's not important for us to know, but maybe they just feel like it's important. So that's why they put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of this writers guild foundation program that I'm in now. The mentors are really stressing like, uh, like one, it was a really good lesson. The, the last time I forget who gave it exactly, but they were talking about uh, they try to, like write their pitch or their outline treatment thing as if they were pitching it to their grandma. And if mm. there's a part in there that their grandma won't understand, uh, they got to redo it and make it so that she would understand. Yeah. And if there's any part in there, any beat within there that if you took out the story would still be the same of ditch it, um, cut it out. So, which usually I'm like, especially with novel writing, it's like, if it's developing character or doing something cool, you keep it in there, but they're really stressing. This guy, especially was really stressing nope if it doesn't if you can understand it without that beat you don't need it hmm. yeah that's interesting because that, that kind of reminds me uh, a couple of years ago um when i went to uh, one of those pitch fest type things down in los angeles and so i you know just sat in the audience listening to other people pitch their scripts and some people like they're really concise and tight with the information and kind of like explaining the story but not explaining the story and then there were other people who just like had felt the need to like go into excruciating detail about everything. And like, you only had so much time and like some people, like they weren't even getting to the, you know, the, the end of the first act because they had just spent so much time like that. They felt they had to present all this information, just a, a big info dump type of thing. And yeah. that they were, you know, they were slowing down the presentation and they were, you know, you could tell people were losing interest because they were just kind of, it was almost, they were like, they were rambling. And, yeah. and then you see someone who comes up and does it like, boom, 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 boom. It's like, wow, you know, then, you know, that's the one you really want to pay attention to. And I don't know if they're available online, but I'm sure some places probably have them or like the examples of really good, uh, you know, story pitches for, you know, for, I guess for books or movies or TV shows that you kind of see like, this is how it's done. And you kind of use that as a, as a guideline, as a, you know, kind of like a foundation for putting your own together. Yeah. How do you feel about pitches? Do you enjoy that? Um, you know, it's really weird. The, the concept really terrifies me because I'm always afraid that I'm going to mess up or I'm going to forget something or I'm going to stumble over my words or I'll go too fast. But then when I actually, you know, if I accidentally or inadvertently find myself pitching it to another, pitching a story to another writer, that I really get into it, that my, I, they can sense the enthusiasm and my love of the story that I'm presenting to them. And I also try, you know, I'm subconsciously thinking, okay, don't go into too much detail. 
just, you know, get the important parts out of the way, but don't have it be like this happens. And then this happens kind of like, you know, kind of like, you know, it's really, you know, pitching the story, but not, you know, not having a checklist of stuff you need to mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've got a few good presenters who were speaking about how to do pitches and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just, it boggles my mind because they go in there with these like big long presentations planned and whether they have note cards reference or not. Um, I just like, I can't see myself not getting bored with myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you can, you can also like that helps if you're able to see the person you're pitching to, because right. if they're kind of like, they're starting to get that glassy eyed look, you know, you're losing them. So you want to really try and, you know, I don't know, tighten it up, uh, really, you know, really sell the material. Cause I remember I was uh, probably, yeah, probably about a year ago by now that I was on a zoom call with a friend of mine. He's worked a lot in TV and I was just telling him about my script. And he said, well, okay, well, you know, how would you pitch it? And he says, cause he, he knew I was you know, nervous about it. And I said, well, you know, it's about this and this and and, and, and he said, well, what, where, how did you come up with a story? And that kind of like, that really triggered something that I was able to just kind of like really just let my enthusiasm for the material come through via that. And I, you know, explained like how, what the, uh, inspiration for the story was and like why I wanted to write this story and okay. just, you know, my, my love of the material, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, that's, that's how you pitch it. You're not like yeah. going in and saying this, you know, you're not having your, you know, rundown of the events of the story. You kind of like want to sell the concept, but you're also selling yourself. And also if you can present yourself as enthusiastic about your own material, because the person you're pitching to will be a little more receptive to that because they can see that, you know, that you're not crazy. That's a big part of it. <laughs> that you know what you're talking about. You know, you've got a firm grasp of, you know, how to present a story and just all of that works together. And it takes, you know, it takes time to develop. I mean, even you know, like for seasoned writers, like you and my, you and me, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it takes time to, you know, uh, get good at it, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Nice. So what else have you been doing lately to further yourself? Anything exciting? Uh, well, like I said uh, earlier in the program, I've uh, been working on some of these short scripts and I've uh, kind of been uh, splitting time between a couple of new scripts that I really want to continue to develop. I think right now the sticking point for one of them is the log line. Oh my God, it is just every, I think I've gone through at least six drafts of uh, the story or six drafts of the log one, I should say. And yeah. I've gotten great feedback from uh, some other writers. I know one guy, he's like, actually, he's a, like a log line expert. And he's been extremely helpful and I will say extremely patient with me too. Uh, but, you know, I remember this from other scripts that I would always go through so many versions of the log line until I found something that worked. And um, I think I'm getting there. I think part of my problem was uh, the earlier ones that I was focusing on trying to be too specific about certain details of the story that was just getting too crowded, too convoluted. And so I had to like take a couple of steps back and like imagine, you know, if someone asks you like, what's your story about? You wouldn't go into this, you know, detailed description. You'd just be, oh, it's about, you know, this, you know, fill in the blanks. And I, that's kind of the approach I'm taking now. And, you know, it's a slow process, but I think I'm making progress with it. So I'm hoping uh, eventually I'll have a log line that's just really solid. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, yeah, on my side, I have done a couple, uh, not, pitches i guess but uh i guess would it be the same thing if i'm just sending in a pitch to somebody so i've been, I've been doing a lot of a few written pitches 
and we'll see where those go. I'm supposed to have a call today, actually, a couple hours with somebody, a producer involved in that. So, cool. yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You know, are these are these pitches that uh, you were able to get on your own, like via queries, or did like someone say, "Hey, hey, Justin, I know this guy. You should contact him." Uh, this is the weird one. I think I might have mentioned it before, where I had queried some producers like seven years ago, and then one popped up recently and was like, "What do you got?" Wow. And then we've just been chatting for the last like five months now or six months or something and going back and forth. And mm -hmm. so, so she has some uh, projects with a studio or network or whatever. And she's like, let's see if we can get something through them. And so one is a, a movie and then I sent some TV pitches as well. Uh, so I don't know how likely it is. <laughs> That's always the question. Hey, hey at, you know, at the thing is that you made you made that connection a while ago and, you know, the, I, there was something about you that, you know, this person remembered that they were, you know, more than open to coming back to you a few years later. Yeah. Isn't you that know? crazy? Seven years. Like yeah, how did happens. that even happen? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. That sort of thing happens all the time. I mean, I've, I've, I have known writers who that, you know, they'll work with like a producer and, you know, the project falls apart and be like, Oh yeah, well, that's just the way it goes. And, you know, a couple of years later, you know, they'll, they'll ring them up and just say, Hey, you know, I've got this project. I thought of you like, well, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's amazing because you, know, you know you never know what kind of imp uh, impression you're going to make on people so you know, that goes back to you know something we've talked about before is that you know don't be crazy be a nice person you know be be someone somebody wants to work with yeah exactly so i think we're doing a good job in that regard so far <laughs> i wonder like i wonder i, I sometimes wonder <laughs> if doing a podcast is a good in that regard or bad like do you think they ever get scared off like oh these guys go on the internet and blab about everything all the time what, what do you think <laughs> well i think that's 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 a really tough call because there are so many podcasts out there and they, you know not even there's so many writing podcasts out there that you know i think people would get a better idea of um what kind of person you are and what kind of personality you have by listening to at least one possibly two podcast so if someone you know saw that you or i you know they you know they've got word about a possible project and they say oh well, they can't this guy co-host a podcast and i'll give it a listen and then they hear it and they'll you know maybe that'll contribute to their decision making so yeah. you know you can only do so much that's why you know when we come on here we don't try to badmouth anything if we don't like something we're going to say why we don't like it. we're not just going to say oh this sucks and that you know i just didn't like it because, you know, we're a little more, I don't know, grown up about it <laughs> to yeah. a certain extent. Uh, but, you know, that's just, you know, you never, that's the thing with podcasting. You never know who's listening. You know, it could be, you know, someone who could uh, change your life, uh, could uh, listen to the next download tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the old podcast, I heard a few times of like random funny things uh, where people would know about me and bring me up in an interview because of the podcast. Mm -hmm. it's just <laughs> so weird somebody I used to work with a telltale called me one day and was like hey i just had this person and this is in florida who was like oh you used to work at telltale did you know justin and then they started chatting about me because of that so if nothing else i'm giving somebody something to talk about in an interview <laughs> there you go yeah pretty weird felt mm -hmm. kind of random but i was like oh that, all right sweet uh made me feel famous or something you know <laughs> <laughs> anyway um I also wanted to mention that the, the ghostwriting stuff is going quite well lately. They're doing this new thing on Fiverr where, uh, what's it called? Seller Plus, I think. And you can opt into it and it costs money. 
but then they like get somebody on the phone with you and walk through how to set up everything better and how to make sure you're hitting the right keywords and doing all that kind of stuff. And then you can check out all the stats behind like who's searching you and what keywords they're using and or which ones are doing the best and how many impressions they have and all these kind of things. Uh, and I have a few gigs lined up now that are, um, at least one of them is probably paying about, not quite like what my best book made, but you mm -hmm. know, it, it's up there with the best of them. Nice. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. To just know that I already have the money there. I just have to finish the book and get it. Uh, for people who are curious about doing this though, I think the best way to do it is to do it in milestones or sections, you know, because um, I, I have two well, three projects going now and one of them is paid for the whole thing. So I have to finish the novel and then I get the money, um, which is cool and all, but what if like you finish it and they decide they don't like your writing Although you should have been checking in along with all the time. So hopefully that wouldn't happen. Mm. But what if they did? And they're like, forget that. I'm not paying you. And that would be annoying. Uh, versus the other ones, I'm doing it like by the chapter or by like the 5,000 word section. So it's cool because it shows up as more projects, which is a good thing on Fiverr, apparently. And then it's also good because um, you get that money up front uh, along the way and many steps, milestones. So yeah, just random, random Fiverr drop for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh cool anything else you wanted to chat about today paul i think that's about it i actually did think of one other uh viewing recommendation because i remember this uh when when pt was still part of the show way back when that uh, there was a an animated uh limited series that came out on netflix called kid cosmic and i just loved it it was great and uh, they came they just came out a couple weeks ago with uh, season two and I think it's like, you know, 10 episodes, each one's like 20, 22 minutes. It goes really fast. It's just, you know, it's not, I think it's just as good, maybe just you know, slightly well, you know, one step below the first one, maybe because the first one is a lot, lot more establishing of everything. And this one just kind of like has a lot more fun with it. Uh, but, you know, if you've got, you know, small kids, kind of like Justin does, and you're looking for something to uh, watch with them, uh, this is highly recommended. You know, so it, it was just a lot of fun. It's great writing and the animation is really cool too. And it just, you know, it's just, I love uh, watching this kind of stuff. So, you know, I can't recommend it enough. Awesome. There we go. Uh, cool. I've been, I'll throw out my recommendation too, which is, <laughs> since we're recommending stuff. Uh, I think we talked about it before, but I'm just uh, having a lot of fun with Owl House and uh, some shows like that on the Disney Plus streaming network. So if people are looking for fun Disney, Disney programming, and there's one that's about to come out really soon that I, pretty sure i mentioned which is um ghost and molly mcgee which is voiced by ashley birch uh, and i'm always a fan of her work ever since she did tiny tina uh if you don't know what that is you got to look it up or contact me and i'll tell you more because that game is awesome <laughs> all right uh that's all i got uh paul last last chance anything else nope i think we're good for today <laughs> all right all right all right well listeners thank you so much for hanging out with us uh one more of these fun catching up chats i hope you guys get something out of it and if you can leave a review and spread the word about the show that's always welcome and, and if you have again, questions you can contact us too yeah yeah uh, you can contact me i'm i'm happy to share my email just justin sloan author at gmail.com and uh, you can find my books on amazon and i'm at twitter at justin m sloan and i'm paul zeidman uh, i'll give you my email too it's paul.zeidman at gmail.com uh, you can check out my screenwriting blog maximumz.blog i'm on twitter at maximum underscore z i'm also on the insta as the young people say at pez screenwriting 
feel free to follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, as Justin said, this has been the Creative Writing Life Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something. <laughs>